Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. By faith. See, I'm saved to live by faith. You live by faith and you walk by faith. There is no other life to your Christian life but the faith life. You're not born again. To, the day you got born again, you stop, being, you stop living by what you see. You stop being guided by your senses. You stop being guided by the system of the world. You stop being guided by the opinions of men. You stop being guided by how you feel. I, I spoke to my son this morning. He's being treated for malaria. So I said, how are you feeling this morning? He said, daddy, I feel this. I said, don't say that. He said, eh? I said, no. I said, I know you feel weak, but don't say that. And I said, I said, what does the Bible say? Let the weak say I am weak. He said, no. He said, strong. I said, so I'm strong. I said, once you say it, you don't say how you feel. You say what you believe. And what you believe is based on what God has said. Do you understand what I'm saying? So to walk by faith is to walk by what God has said in his word. If he didn't say it, I won't say it. Do you understand that? Somebody said, if you don't want to see it, don't say it. Is that not true? It's only if you want to see it, then you do what? You say it. If you don't want to see it, don't say it. If God did not say it, don't say it. Am I making any sense? All right. So, um, in addition to the faith life, you've been called to live a joyful life. And joy is a support structure. How many of you have seen a bridge before? There's one at Artillery. Huh? Now, you notice a bridge is suspended by pillars. Is that not true? There are pillars under the bridge. Without the pillars, the bridge cannot stand. Faith is the bridge that links us up to God. But what keeps faith in position, one of them is faith. I mean, one of them is joy. Patience is one of the pillars of faith. But joy is also a pillar of faith. So, what keeps your faith active is a function of the pillars. If your joy is in place, your faith is active. Hallelujah. So, if anything interferes with your joy... It wants to break down your bridge of faith. Say with me, say, I refuse it. Come on, shout it. Say, I refuse it. What is the joyful sound? What is the joyful sound? I, I, I told you when I started teaching the series earlier on the year that the joyful sound is a sound of rejoicing and salvation. Let me quote that. Just read that and I begin to show you what it takes. Go to Psalm 118 and verse 15, I believe. What is the joyful sound? Never forget that. Joyful sound. Glory to God. Psalm 118. Are you there? Are you there? Psalm 118, verse 15, I believe. Yeah, that's it. Glory to God. We, we can add um, 16 as Jara. Amen. All right, Psalm 118, verse 15 and 16. Are you there? Okay, let's do this together. I want to go. I'd like us to read it together in concert. I want to go. The voice of of rejoicing. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody shout, glory! glory! That, that, that's the way you talk when you wake up in the morning. Can you talk like you're awake now? Somebody say, glory! glory! 
<laughs> the voice of rejoicing and salvation. You know one of the things that occurred to me when I was meditating on this scripture yesterday? That our salvation is in our voice. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Jesus gave us salvation, but to enforce and receive the salvation, it has to come out of your voice. So if you don't know how to talk, how to shout, how to praise, how to sing, then you're not going to enjoy what heaven has made available to you. He said the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The tabernacle speaks of your house, which is your body. All right, the right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The devil has no reply or answer to the workings of the mighty hand of God. But if you're going to activate the right hand of God in your life, you're going to learn how to release the voice of rejoicing and what? Salvation. So the joyful sound is the voice of rejoicing and what? And salvation. It is the voice of rejoicing that recognizes or acknowledges who God is, what he has done for us in Christ, and what he's doing through us. Say good amen. So I, I am not just making the sound because I don't have anything to say. I'm making it out of revelation, out of understanding of God's word that as I release my voice, I am acknowledging who God is, uh, what he has done for me and what he can do through me. Somebody shout glory to God. That's not good. Say glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. So how do we release the joyful sound? I talked about the attitudes of joy. And we said attitude is a cultivated way, a programmed way, a developed way of thinking, speaking, and what? Acting. That's your attitude. Your, your, the way you behave, it's a reflection of your attitude. And we said our attitude is the imprint of who we are in our soul. Your attitude, whatever has become your attitude, it's what has defined, it's your perception of who you think you are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if your attitude is not grounded in the word of God, you may have an attitude that does not recognize who you are in Christ. Your attitude is the imprint, the effect of your perception or your knowledge of who you are in your soul. Because it informs the way you think, it informs the way you speak, it informs the way you act. So if we're going to operate in joy, we said we need to be joyful. Say amen. amen. And to be joyful is to think, speak, and act joyfully irrespective of what we see, what we feel, what is happening. My joy is not defined by the things I see. My joy is not defined. Satan is doing a good job at hitting the church because the church thinks that the tribulation or the challenges or the trial of faith they're going through, it's about them. It's not about you. It's about your faith. Your faith is your link with God and your faith represents the victory that overcomes the world. And as long as you think Satan is fighting you over your health, over a baby, over your business, over your money, he's gotten to you and he has lied to you. It's not about stuff. Satan fights you over your faith. Am I making any sense here? Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's what he's fighting you for. Because he understands that your faith is a shield. And he has nothing to do with your faith. No answer to your faith. The Bible says, taking up the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to do what? Quench 
all the fiery doubts of the devil. So Satan knows that faith annuls. Faith nullifies. Faith quenches all his attack against you. As long as you're on the frequency of faith, Satan has no power, has no, there's nothing he's doing. Even if they throw a curse at you, it will just be like water on the way. It will drip off. It won't fall. Because once you are on faith frequency, Satan has no reply against you. So what does he do? He tries to get you to step out of the frequency of faith so you become led by what you see, what you feel, what you hear, as against what God's word has said. And one of the ways he does that is to attack your joy. But if you understand how important your joy is to your faith, you keep your joy active. Somebody say hallelujah. So what are those attitudes of joy we need to engage? Attitude of joy means those things we do that causes the joy of God to flow out of our lives. Glory to God. Maintain an atmosphere of joy around your life. What did I say? Repeat that. Say I choose to maintain an atmosphere of joy. I refuse anyone, anything, including the devil, disappointment to define my joy. Hallelujah. Refuse that because the enemy knows as long as you are not joyful, then you are reachable. But once you stay joyful, you are unreachable. Say amen. The Bible says you become blameless. Glory to God. He said, do all things without murmuring and, and, and complaining or disputing. Stop grumbling. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. Stop worrying. Because he said, if you do that, you, became, you become blameless, unreachable, harmless in a world that is given to wickedness. But when you stop the flow of joy, you become reachable. What shouldn't touch you, starts touching you. What shouldn't reach you, starts reaching you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, say, put on your joy. Say, I put on my joy. Oh, come on, say that. Say, I put on my joy. So what are those attitudes of joy we must engage in order to maintain the flow of joy? I have about four of them. Write that number one. Say, merry heart. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Say it, everybody. Say, a merry heart. Come on, say that. Say, merry heart. Proverbs 15 and verse number 13. We're going to read that together. Very important. I'll just highlight some few words there. And we'll go to the second one. This is awesome. Joe, Proverbs 15, 13. Are we there? Alright. It says, A merry heart, a merry heart, make it a what? A cheerful what? What? You're not there. Come on. Come on. Are you there? Uh, Proverbs 15 verse 13. Is it on the screen? Okay. Issues. Proverbs 15 13. Are you there? Yes. I'd like us to read it because I need you to see that. Because this, this is a word church. We teach. So we expect that you should be very you know, skillful and fast with your Bible. Are we there now? Yes. Good. Can we read it together? I want to go. I can tell some of you are not even married because the way you are talking is like... Uh, want to go. Mm -hmm. Read it one more time, everybody. Your heart is what? Your heart is broken. That word broken actually means to be worried or to be disturbed or to be troubled. Okay? Now, the word merry means a joyful heart. Hallelujah. And I told you that to be joyful is not a silent word. It's an word 
It's an active word. Unfortunately, because of lies, many, Satan has deceived many to exhort sorrow, pain, sorrow from pain, sorrow from disappointment. That, that's what many of us have exalted. And that's why when we exalt sorrow, our heart becomes broken. The word broken means becomes troubled, becomes bothered, and becomes disturbed. One of the reasons many are not flowing in joy is because they are not keeping a merry heart. If you're going to release joy in your life, you must learn how to maintain a merry heart. Somebody say a merry heart. Come on, say a merry heart. You need to understand that the state of your heart determines your outcome. It also determines how you relate with God and how you deal with issues. The Bible says, guard your heart. Is that not so? With all diligence for out of it proceeds what? The issues of life. So whatever is going on in your heart is what is going on in your life. If you are acting frustrated, it's because you're frustrated in your heart. If you are acting confused, it's because you're confused in your heart. You cannot deny or deceive that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth word speaks. So if you are mournful, sorrowful, and allow situations to get into your heart. Can I say this? Is everybody with me? I want to expose a lie of Satan that many of us need to catch. When you go through things, please listen to me. One of the reasons God says you should guard your heart is because he wants what you're going through to get into your heart. When what you're going through enters your heart, it will affect you. And once it gets into your heart, Satan can manipulate the event of your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So one of the ways to ensure ourselves from that, when things happen, is to begin to give thanks. What are we giving thanks? We are ensuring our hearts doesn't become infected by what is happening to us. Because if our heart gets infected, it will affect our outcome, it will affect our expression, it will affect our interaction, and it will affect the way we relate and what we expect. Say amen. amen. The word countenance means two things in the Hebrew. It means your face or your outlook. Your face represents you. When people look at you, they look at your face. Another word for that is your presence. So when my when my heart is merry, my face will be what? Merry. When my heart is merry, my presence will be what? Merry. I start giving out joyful vibes. Tell your neighbor, say joyful vibes. Say joyful vibes. Say joyful vibes. Say, joyful vibes. say tell your neighbor, say learn to give out joyful vibes. Say it louder. Say learn to give out joyful vibes. Now, let me say some wisdom before I go to the next one. Do not stop harboring worries or concerns in your heart. Stop being worried. Simple. <laughs> Tell the number say, stop being worried. I don't care what it is. Stop being worried. To be worried is to be troubled. Worry is doubt and unbelief. God says, don't worry. And I told you the reason God says that is not because of him. It's because of us. He tells us not to worry because what worry of what worry can do to us. He said to be worried is to be agitated. Jesus cautioned us on the need to protect our heart from the burdens that can produce sorrow. There are a lot of things that are happening right now. Satan is orchestrating them to weigh heavy on the hearts of men. You hear one bad news? They kidnap somebody. They kill somebody. The moment you now, wow, what is really going on? You don't get it. The whole essence of bad, there's a purpose to bad news. What did I say? 
the, the reason for bad news is to get your heart to be worried. That's what he does. Psalm 112, 112 verse 7 says, You shall not be afraid of evil tidings because your heart is fixed trusting in the Lord. What does it mean to trust in the Lord? It means to walk by faith. When you walk by faith, your heart becomes fixed, stable. So even when bad news comes, it does not affect you. Say amen. amen. Because your walking by faith protects your heart from being manipulated by the burdens of this life. Look at what Jesus said. Luke 21 verse 34. If you can go there, please go there. Jesus gave a very important advice to the disciples. He said, and take heed to yourself. The word take it means be on the alert and be very careful or be on the lookout. Take heed to yourself. Are you taking heed to yourself or are you just exposing yourself to everything that happens to you? Some of you, if there's a simple argument, it messes up your life. If there is some view, there's a small misunderstanding, it messes up your day. If somebody said something to you that you don't like, that day is spoiled. What kind of life is that? You're living a very miserable life. There's some of you, even just, they just give you small correction and discipline. Your face will change. It just shows you're not growing, you're not matured. A matured person sees correction as value added. Say amen. At least I have somebody that can correct me. But when they correct you and you have an attitude, it means you are, you are still a baby. It's babies that they correct that gives attitude. That means you don't grow in. Or maybe somebody disappointed you. Because somebody disappointed you, you have become the disappointed. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. Or somebody is unhappy. So because somebody is unhappy, you yourself have become what? Unhappy. No! Somebody say no! Shout it! Say No! There are some of you only just looking at somebody that would determine whether you are going to be happy or not. You say, I just came to church. I noticed this sister was not happy today, so I felt happy. Wrong. You are a witch. You are, that's what you do. It's called witchcraft. It's a work of the flesh. You're trying to impose your expectation on somebody else. Stop that. Don't do that. You think witch is the only people that fly? No. That's low-level witch. The advanced level of witchcraft is manipulation, intimidation, and control. That some of us want to control people, want to control the way they look there. Don't, don't do that. That's too much stress. Say amen. He said, take heed to yourselves. Uh, Luke 21, 34. You guys are not fast. Or is there a problem again? I thought everything is flowing well. Huh? Luke 21, 34. He said, take heed to yourself, less at any time. Less at any That means you should be on guard 24 hours of the day. That there are thieves of joy that are disguised behind the affairs, issues, and activity of life. Yeah, you are rejoicing one day, then one family person will just call you on the phone and bring family trouble to you. And after you hear family trouble, you become frustrated. Hello, are you with me? I mean, and most of them is financial. Then you know, because, ah, why are you behaving like this? And they just called me now that they need money and I don't have money. So what? Everybody says, so what? Is that, is, is that enough to steal your joy? That means you don't trust God. Men who trust God, don't worry. You may not have money in your account, but you have Jesus. Say amen. amen. And with Christ, all things are 
impossible. When they come and you say, Father, I give you praise. Glory. So why are you shouting? He said, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. At every evil news, you give a praise to the Lord. You give a thank you, Jesus. At every challenge I call, you give a praise to the Lord. You give a thank you. Why? I got to protect my heart. Because my heart is the engine room of my destiny. If anything affects it, destiny goes on hot. Are you hearing me? All the great things that God wants to do for you, do to you, do through you, and it's activating in your life, can only be sustained through a merry heart. If your heart is affected, every little thing you get upset, you get angry, misunderstanding with your wife 24 hours, people will not talk, you look this on, look east, look on, look west, you are wasting your life. Tell the neighbor, say, keep, keep a merry heart. It says, lest at any time your hearts become overcharged. That word overcharged means to be burdened, to be weighed down with suffeting. That now, this word suffeting is um, those people who drink. Well, I wasn't a drunkard. I, didn't, I wasn't into that line of lifestyle. But from the stories of people who drink, there, there is a stage they get to, it's called suffeting, where they drink and drink and drink and they become so intoxicated, hello, they become so drunk eh, that gutter will look like their bedroom. Have you seen them like that? Say, let me make a sleep. I reach at them a house. They will lie down on the gutter. They will usually call their, their loved ones, please come and collect your uncle. It's on the gutter. Alright? Now, when they wake up, there's what they call after effect. They still have what they call dizziness and headaches. It's the after effect of drunkenness. That's what the word calls suffering. Jesus is using that to apply to what worry does. When we are worried, we lose our sense of faith. Do you understand what I mean by that? I didn't, I didn't think you heard it. Did you hear what I just said? When you are worried, what happens to you? You lose your sense of spirituality and faith. You forget that you are not a natural man. You are a spirit man and that you're not supposed to be carnal in your thinking. But when you worry, you stop functioning as a spirit man. And like a drunkard, you can enter gutter and call it your bedroom. Do you understand what I mean? That's what worry does. It confuses your spiritual senses and, and gives you a different perspective to life. And you begin to wallow in the things that are bringing shame to your life. And this is the after effect of worry. It he gives you suffeted. The, the, the grammatic word, the medical word is you start having seizures and after effect headaches. That's why when you worry a lot, if you don't control it, you start having headaches. You, you start having dizziness and, and everything starts spinning around. Hallelujah. So it says, be careful so your heart is not burdened with or overcharged with suffering. Is that it? And also the cares of this life, the concerns of this life. There are concerns every day. Jesus said that. But he said, take no thought for your life. What you will eat, what you will wear, what you will put on. He said, for after all these things, the Gentiles are what? Looking for. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let me tell you one thing. One of the indicators that you're always walking by faith is gratitude. What did I say? Gratitude. One of the evidence that you're functioning by faith is you're always thankful. You're grateful to God. You're not led by yourself. You're not looking for a reason to thank God because the reason was given 2,000 years ago. Say amen. There is enough reason in God to be grateful. That's why I told you what the Holy Spirit said to me. When you are attached to things, it redefines you. When you are attached to people, it redefines you. It will try to convince you that you don't have enough reason to be grateful to God, to be thankful, to be joyful, to be happy. You're not even happy that you woke up. 
Because when you slept, you didn't, where were you? Did you know where you went when you were sleeping? No, you don't know. Who made you sleep? You know. Who made you wake up? God made you wake up. The life you are operating on, it's not your life. It's God's life. That's enough reason to say, Father, I give you praise. When you allow situation and circumstance to affect your joy, you've fallen for the trick of the devil. And once your heart is burdened, brothers and sisters, you're not going to go very far. He says, cares of this life so that the day comes upon you unaware. Watch this. Jesus was talking prophetically about his coming. He said, but there are many who will be so worried and they will not even know about my visitation. The day that is coming can be applied on two levels. The second coming of Christ or your day of destiny appointment with God. You know, Job said, I, he said, I will wait till all my change comes. There are appointed seasons of change from God for your life. But when you are worried, you will miss them. You will miss divine visitation because you're worried. Because your heart is troubled. You will miss divine appointment because your heart is worried. Your heart is full of cares. You're bothered. You're worried about your mother that is always calling that is not feeling fine. You're worried about your father that is always complaining that is not feeling fine. You're worried about that brother or that uncle or that sister or nephew that is always calling and you don't have enough money to give to, God, give to them. You're always worried. Worried. Because those are where the enemy hits us. He hits us on what I call familiar worries. Everybody say familiar worries. Yeah, familiar worries. You know, there are some things you want to happen. They've not happened yet. There are things you want to get. They've not, they've not, no, they've not happened yet. And, and you sit down. And it, you know what the worry does? It makes you completely insensitive to your day of visitation. You miss God's appointment for you. God may have ordained that you're going to meet someone. And through that one, doors will open for you. And things will go, you know. The things you are even looking for will come with that open door. But here you are sucking, sucking, sucking. Look at your neighbor and say, do you suck? Look at the person and say, do you suck? You just sit down and it's like a, a pig inside a mud. You will rub the worry, rub it, shook it inside. Do you use it to rub pomade all over your body? You put some, you put again, you jump again and land back at her inside, you know. That's what some of us do with worries. You become so soaked in worry that you become oblivious of the goodness of God for your life. You're always looking for a bad story. Always looking for a bad news so to drown yourself. You're drunk with worries and, and cares of this world. Not understanding what's happening. Jesus said, for as a snare, as a trap, it comes. Worry is a trap. A trap is a mechanism that catches something and enslaves it. You know, when, when, a, when a hunter puts a trap, all right? The trap catches the thing and enslaves it. The thing can't move because it's within the cage of the trap. Is that not true? That's what worry does. It, it traps you. It, it introduces a pause on your journey of greatness. You just pause. Nothing moves. All of a sudden, you begin to look at things that you have no business looking at. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the son of God. Say a good amen. amen. How do you maintain a Marriott? My time is up, but let me just say this before I stop. How do you maintain a Marriott? Very simple, write it down. Refusing to worry. What did I say? Look at me, say whether I understand, I don't understand, I refuse to worry. Say that one more time. Say whether I understand and don't understand, I refuse to worry. Do you understand me? Say whether I have, I don't have, I refuse to worry. 
<laughs> say amen. Rise up on your feet. Glory to God. Say with me, say. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.